Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, quick intro today because there's going to be another intro layered on top here. I'm continuing what we did last week and you're going to hear the interview that we got to do with the producer of Last Highlight Roasts Coffee. Again, we're releasing these previously unreleased episodes to promote uh, what is our Highlight Roast series and let you know that there's another collaboration incoming. In July, we're going to be doing another Highlight Roast with Peaks Coffee Company run by Sam Bender and his team. Uh, they got to do a virtual cupping for the Acevedo Cup, which is a coffee quality competition run by Collaborative Coffee Source out of Huila, Colombia. And what was really cool about this is that Sam invited his entire staff to participate and vote on their favorites. And whatever they picked was the coffee that they bought. And I think that's a really cool democracy in the workplace kind of a thing. Uh, giving that kind of ownership to your employees and, you know, giving them a little bit of skin in the game. I think it's amazing. So we're going to be dropping that in July, just in a few weeks here. It's getting crazy. Um, everything's coming together really fast. What's cool about this next highlight roast that we're doing is we're now going to be uh, shipping them in our own bags with labels that are custom made by a local artist. So this is a collaboration now of not only you know, agriculture and technology, but also art. Uh, if you picked up our last Highlight Roast, you'll know that it came with a cool sticker and shipped in a cool bag that was designed by an artist. That, I think, is still going to be the case, but what's going to be different is instead of us um, shipping out bags that the coffee roaster already provide, we're actually going to be buying the coffee in bulk from the roaster and packaging them in our own um, beautiful black bags. We're really excited about it. So if you want to get in on this, we only do 50 at a time and they usually sell out pretty fast. So make sure that you're subscribed to our newsletter. We let you know when everything goes live. Uh, we'll send you a discount code every now and again and let you know what's going on with us. Uh, that only happens, you know, once or twice a month. We usually don't um, send out a whole lot of emails because we know that people don't like spam. I hate clutter in my inbox. So I appreciate your attention. I appreciate your time. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with the producers from Last Highlight Roast, Shadi and Elias Biter. Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Hi, how you doing? You made it. Thanks so much for picking up a super dope bag of guava banana, this crazy double fermented coffee that we came across with our friend Ron Greco from Sax Espresso Bar. He sourced this coffee, he roasted it, but he didn't grow it, did he? No. Some very special people at Origin did. Some very special people from Colombia. In fact, we got to have a conversation with those people, learn about their lives, where they came from, the importance of creativity and coffee in their lives and how they took an alternative path creating specialty coffee rather than commodity coffee, which was the um, recommendation from their elders and from the people in their communities. When the Bider brothers inherited the Elverhell estates, they were told that they shouldn't mess around with specialty coffee. They should just do what everybody else does, which is grow commodity coffee and sell it in bulk at market value and that's it. Um, and they thought that there had to be a better way. They, had, they, they got lucky. 
frankly, because they were introduced to specialty coffee from um, a relative or a friend who let them try some higher quality specialty coffee. And when the liquid hit their lips, it was game over. They took a look at it and they said, this is what we need to be doing. Um, and ever since then, they have been iterating on different processing methods and they've been trying to find just that the perfect way to create the best cup of coffee that you can make at Origin. And I think they did a heck of a good job with this coffee, this guava banana. Um, in this conversation, Shadi and Elias walk us through their lives, uh, what it's like growing up on a coffee farm, what it's like making a living growing coffee, um, their passion in specialty coffee and how they have spent the last couple of years perfecting some fermentation techniques that gives them incredible results with their coffees, uh, which I hope at this point you are enjoying right now in your cup while you're listening to this podcast episode. Um, what we're trying to do here in this project with these highlight roasts now is take the special cup of coffee that you have in your hands and expand that experience outside of the cup so that you as a consumer know how important it is that you're buying coffee that is fairly traded, um, properly sourced, and higher quality because you can get the best cup of coffee in the world for anywhere between five and 10 bucks. Do you know how much it would cost you to get the best glass of scotch whiskey in the world? couple thousand probably so i mean we're living in a world where uh, we have access to some amazing agricultural miracles to be frank so i hope you enjoy this um shadi is the sourcing director at elverhell and alias is the process and farm director they are young guys i think they're 27 and 29 they are super cool super funny we had a great time talking to them and they just have some really really great insights for all of us in the um, consumer market in the States and across you know, Europe uh, and Asia that honestly, if you take them to heart, you will walk away a more informed consumer and a better human being. I appreciate you picking up a highlight roast. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, take a picture, put it, post it on Instagram. Thank you so much. We love you and enjoy this conversation with Elias and Shadi Bider of Elverhell Estates in Colombia. Well, um, just just to clarify um, for anybody who's listening to this, could you just both of you take a turn real quick and say who you are and what you do for El Verhel? Sure, sure. So uh, my name is Elias Baiter, uh, and I'm the one that is in charge of processing and quality here at El Verhel. So what I do is all the things that uh, if, if the people is listen, that is listening have tried them, uh, if they like it, uh, it's because of the processes that we're doing. We, we almost do uh, together with my brother everything, but I am very focused on the processing plant and the coffees and all the experiments here at El Vergel. And uh, my name is Shadi Baiter. Um, I work uh, in El Vergel Estate and in the Colombian Coffee Club. Uh, mostly I take care of all the relationships uh, with roasters 
um, and with the sourcing part here in Colombia with all of our partners. And um, yeah, we, we have been growing coffee all of our lives. That's great. I mean, that already answers our second question. We were going to ask how long you've been working in coffee, but both of you, you said that you've lived essentially on the farm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. So we, um, so a little bit the history very fast is that uh, we, many histories of coffee is that people, um, go into coffee because they part parents, their grandfather, they are second, third, five generation. Our history is a little different because uh, we grow here in Colombia mostly at the farm. But uh, what our fathers usually do, they would grow different things like avocado, plantain and those kind of things. But Elias and me we decide to to do something different with coffee, to to change uh, to challenge the what people were doing, I uh, was doing. So we, we decide to start doing coffee. Uh, I think now is 2010, so it's gonna be 11 years. 11 years, yeah, wow. already. Just with coffee. Amazing. Like, and I'm 29, and my brother is 27. So you've been working in coffee since you were uh, respectively 18 and 16. So less, yes. Yeah, like is that we we've been always involved in the farm. Like mm -hmm. our parents brought us here, like since I was a baby, as I told you in the beginning. So yeah. we, we we've always been been involved in in the in the agriculture sector, and since 2010 we started like looking Just into coffee. coffee. And mm. uh, as soon as it started uh, passing the years, we started involved more and more. I love that. And one question I had right off the bat was, um, you, it, it seems that your mother plays a certain role as well in your organization as like your chairwoman. What, what is her role right now? And, and did, was, was she a major factor in, in you getting into coffee and like pushing you to be, um, active on the farm? Yeah, so I, I think that's a great question, Matt, because, uh, she's the one that, uh, I will say she's like the boss. She's uh, the boss. <laughs> she's course. like the, the one is she's leading everything over here. Uh, since my dad died in 2017, 2007, Seven. 2007, mm -hmm. she she care of the farm. She take care of everything on all the people working up here. Uh, we were pretty small uh, and we start, you know, we start learning from her and nowadays uh, she decide everything. She's the one that uh, put the rules, say what we have to do, um, and she implements a lot of um, social projects at the farm. So mm. different things like uh, the project of the woman, women, mm -hmm. uh, the project of the of the school that I, we will tell you about that I think later. Uh, but yeah, she she's taking care of almost of everything. She she loves coffee as as we. Yeah. Uh, she also do a pre Q. <laughs> a pre-Q uh, course, course, yeah, course. And yeah. Wow. <laughs> she loves coffee as, as well. That's amazing. I think um, what one one point that I really want to dive into is you know the the difference between um, working in coffee for a living and working in coffee for a living and a passion um, because. Coffee is a, a very large 
majority of the Colombian economy. So most people in Colombia know, you know, work in coffee or coffee adjacent, I think, right? Um, where, where did you decide or how did you find passion in coffee in a, in a place where, you know, it was a, um, it, it was a, a natural step for you to enter into coffee anyways? How did you find passion? Mm, so I think I will go in this one because when, when we started in coffee, like the first time we started, it was, uh, because uh, it was a good crop for the farm, you know? And as soon as we started like uh, learning about specialty coffee, like in that moment was the moment that we started like seeing all the all the world behind the coffee because we used to drink commercial coffees, normal coffees here in Colombia. But we, uh, we went to, to, to a farm near us and they, they give us like a specialty coffee, they called it. And we were like, mm. man, this is amazing. And it's the first time that we try it. And we start, I think like as uh, every fa farmer that is in a specialty coffee, we start digging in, seeing what specialty coffee was, doing processes with my brother, uh, copying coffees from all around Colombia. And we just started getting in love with it. And uh, this goes as far as you want it. And uh, I think that we're still looking for the best cup, the best coffee in Colombia, processing mm. the best way we can. And mm. I think this is a never end process. Uh, and I think that's what we love. Like every time you're learning something, uh, meeting people around the coffee industry and people is so passionate that you just like uh, uh, have the same uh, passion and it's, it's, it's as you guys, like just talking with you about coffee, this just shows how passionate this this world of coffee is, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's like well, the difference because of of obviously making it for a living, but doing it for a living and also for passion. Yeah. Yes. And I would like to to add something. You know, I think it's a very important question because it's very different. But have coffee and have coffee because you live because of it. You yeah. know. Um, so. In Colombia, there's 500,000 uh, families that live from from coffee industry, and most of them, uh, I think, uh, they suffer a lot uh, because mm. uh, growing coffee as a commodity is um, is so it's just so difficult for them because sometimes is is the, the expenses are more than what they get paid for, for the coffee. So when we, we, we get involved in this and we we saw that, that possibility with my brother and with my mother to to be able to help the community that see us grow here uh, was just amazing, you know? So there's so much potential uh, and I, I'm very happy that we're having this conversation because people are gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, we can showcase with, we can do over here the coffees. So that's something that I think is very important to show to the world that doing these kind of, of things, buying these kind of coffees, um, is helping so many people that work very hard to produce these kind of things, you know? Yeah, that's that's a actually a topic that um consuming countries like the United States 
that conversation is being had more and more. One of the people that we look up to in the industry, he is always talking about um, pricing and the pricing crisis and the the scenario that you just talked about, which is there are people growing commodity coffee that are not making enough money to sustain the the to sustain the job as in the the amount of money that it costs to grow commodity coffee in some markets is more than what they will get for that commodity coffee. So in a lot of, for a lot of times you're right there's a lot of suffering, there's a lot of poverty and people end up ripping coffee plants out of their farms and going to another crop to make a living. Uh, and that's not right. That has, you know, though there are a lot of like global uh, problems there with economics, but really, it the the I think the movement starts right here where we have conversations like this and we make it we make people regular consumers more aware of how important um, their purchases are. Right? We we say we have a phrase called um, uh, conscious consumerism, and that just means doing. Uh, doing right by the by the industries that you're buying from and asking good questions and making sure that where the coffee is being sourced make you make sure or whatever product it is you make sure that it's produced equitably that it's produced fairly that people are being paid a good price and that they are working in like livable working conditions and so that whole conversation has been played out and continues to be had here in America and all over the world and in consuming countries I think this is a really great starting point to continue that trend um, I wanted to I wanted to actually ask a little bit about that fermentation process that you guys were talking about because one giant uh, one big difference between commodity coffee and you know your specialty coffee is how that coffee obviously the quality of the crop um, but also how you process that coffee can you tell us a little bit about where you discovered the fermentation process for a coffee like guava banana yeah, sure. So uh, when we started uh, playing with fermentations and all of this and learning about it, uh, we, 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 we get like, uh, we had had many people to teach us, to be honest. Uh, but it, it's not only the, the fermentation, I would say. It's it's basically a lot. It's, it's, there's a lot of factors like is the farm, you know, the farm, the variety that you're uh, processing. Uh, the climate, the, the climate is the drying, the drying, the fermentation. So it's a lot of factors together. Yeah, and and also one that you you know a lot about is the roasting. Like that's the biggest factor for a good coffee to be like chocast or or bright to say it some way. But Absolutely. for the fermentation, we started uh, just playing a lot, a lot, like making different things, aerobic, anaerobic, uh, playing with uh, different uh, uh, fermentation systems. So plastic tanks, steel tanks, uh, a square, circle, that, like many, many things. So we just decided to go and look for every single type of fermentation that we could uh, think of or learn of and make for every variety, for each variety. And that's how we develop each of our coffees in our farm is developed exactly for each variety. 
uh, and that's that's like how we developed it. Uh, obviously, we we send it to everybody. They copy. They gave us their feedback, and that's one of the most important things for me uh, for 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 my part of the farm here for my process is to have the feedback of the roasters and to know like how they were feeling it because at the end of the day that's what what i'm looking for you know to yeah have that type of club and and i think yeah what, what my, my brother says is we at the end of the day we we make a lot of the exercise we we do a lot of things and nowadays well we were telling you like yeah experiments <laughs> all the time all the, all the day and at the end of the day we find one type of fermentation depending on the variety the density the climate you know each mm -hmm. each coffee has a special process exactly mm -hmm. now when you say special process the thing that immediately comes up to my mind is the excitement that uh the roaster ron greco had about your coffee this guava banana that just came in today could you explain for us uh it, however complex or simply you want uh the process that the guava banana has gone through specifically of course sure so for this guava banana uh we this is one of the coffees that we we have uh i would say more developed at the farm uh because it's the one that i have been able to play more with because it's like the one we've had for more time Mm. Uh, this guava banana, uh, we do it. We developed it with a, a fermentation in sherry. This is a natural coffee, mm -hmm. and we we developed it through an anaerobic fermentation, uh, and we give it with a little bit of at the beginning of the fermentation, we give it a little bit of of heat to say like yeah heat to 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 develop that intensity that you find in the profile. And afterwards, we what we do is we have like a unique system, I would say, or at least I think of. It's an intermittent drying part. Where what we do is that we dry the coffee. Is it uh, some sometimes it's mechanically or at uh, the sun in Marquesinas? There is the Afri drying African beds. African beds, yeah. Mm, uh, it yep. depends on the climate because here it's always raining. To be honest, <laughs> so we have to <laughs> be doing one and the other one. And this intermittent drying, what it consists on is that we dry the coffee to certain humidity and we take it to a special room where it's saved for one, two, three or five days. And by doing this process many times, that's what develops this type of very fruity, very intense uh, type of coffee that uh, I, I'm sure you, you try it. And that's like the, the what we wanted to to develop was this very fruity profile that anybody who tried would say like, wow, is this coffee, this can coffee uh, mm. taste like this? That's what we were, wanted to, to do. And at the end, we do a stabilization process that it takes around 30 to 45 days after it's finished. So then we have uh, the coffee to very, be very homogeneous and to develop more complex flavors. Did you say 30 to 45 days? Yeah. Oh my In gosh. Charity. That's awesome. It's a lot of time. And, and what happens, what, one thing I have begun to learn in the coffee industry is that when farms do any type of natural process, anything that takes time um, or could potentially uh, go wrong, it, you're increasing risk, right? When you do things like 
fermentation um, because there are just so many new other factors that get put into it. So that's why the coffee becomes um, more valuable when it when it when it makes its way to uh, to green, right? I think uh, people don't realize that that you know the at the farm level you are taking on a lot more risk in order to get more reward. Those beautiful, uh, explosive, intense flavors that you're talking about it it it's really amazing, and that's that's why we're so excited to you know to to get this in people's hands and have them understand why what they're experiencing in their cup is so special. That's what this whole project is all about. And Shadi, you said it took two years to get to this point with the guava banana. Yeah? Yeah. 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 It, it, I will say, and I, I will say that we have finished, you yeah. know? Um, it's a never ending. Right? <laughs> that's, why, that's why we are so passionate, so passionate about this industry and, uh, you know, about the specialty coffees because we're always learning, guys. We're always trying new things, trying to challenge ourselves with the coffees. So the guava banana that we have today, I think we are very proud. We are very happy because people is enjoying the coffee. And, you know, is playing a, a very exciting role um, with the roasters and with the final consumers. Uh, but I think we, we, we are going to still um, make you more things and, and trying new things uh, day by day. But the coffee that we have today, uh, and that um, run just got. Uh, we we yeah we we spent uh, I think two years yeah. to develop that specific process. We lose a lot of coffee, a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, yeah. a lot of green. Yeah. We lose mm -hmm. uh, because we to find the right profile to find something that uh, roasters can can roast and and can, could mm -hmm. bribe in the in the cup. So yeah, it's, it's not easy, and you need a lot of coffee too. To do it, yeah. To do yeah. It. And that's a lot of potentially lost money too. Like, was that stressful for you to like develop that and, and lose that coffee? Was that like a hard thing for you to go through? Yeah, that, that was a huge fight at the beginning yeah. with our mom, to be honest, because we were just using and using coffee and we, we lose it and we lose it. So it was so much money at the beginning uh, because yeah, you, you, you need to coffee to try. You need coffee, you need beans to, to, to do this kind of experimentation. And, and at the end of the day, you lose that coffee because when you, when you make, I want to, I want to, to, to try to, to explain this to the people. So if you are in Colombia, and you are making a natural coffee, that's that's a huge challenge. And the reason is because if you don't have a, a exporter or a roaster or a, a importer to buy it, you will lose that coffee. You have to send that to the to the garbage. Or nobody's gonna buy that because what they will say that's that's a bad coffee. That's that's like a garbage. You know? Yeah. They 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 don't buy it because the market in Colombia they buy it. There's no wash coffee. Yeah. There's no market for for, no market for the for, for the dry cherry. They will say, oh, that's that's garbage. That's so yeah, so that's what happened to us. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of time because wow. we want to de develop uh, a high end coffee, and it was it has to be natural. There's a lot of coffee doing natural, but Colombia is not well known for that. But we say someone has to start, and uh, yes. that's a decision we made with Elias. And and it is any business venture. There is always anxiety and fear around taking a risk because it's very easy to do 
the safe thing. I think I read when I was doing a little research, I think I read that you guys, when you inherited, uh, when you inherited the land, you were told by many people, don't mess with fermentation. Don't do any of that stuff. Just sell commodity coffee. It's safe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and, and many people, uh, they, they just sold, told us like, and this is, it is, is to give you uh, like uh, an example of what you were talking like for a natural, it takes for us, the minimum is like 30 days. Mm-hmm. To, to make it uh, possible to enter process. And for a traditional wash coffee in Colombia, it's like four or five days, you go to the to the nearest town and that's cash. Like you sell it and they give you money straight. You, you drop it off in like bulk weight, right? Exactly. exactly. And that's what all the people was used to do here in Colombia. But when we tried that specialty coffee that, I, that I, we told you, that's the moment that we decided like, hey, we have to do this. Like, this is crazy. The world has to know this. And mm-hmm. the world already knew it, but we didn't. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we just said we have to go through this line. So I, w- w- a couple of things I wanted to touch on as well um, are kind of the industry as a whole. And we've sort of touched on it a little bit. But I wanted to ask you a question um, that's been on my mind, which is, you know, if if it were like in your opinion, what does a better coffee industry look like as a whole? If, if, if you picture a coffee industry that is like way better than it is right now, what are some things that are different? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but I think it's something uh, there's a lot of factors that that, uh, w- w- that comes to my mind. Uh, what a better industry will be, but the first I think is a uh, a consumer that has more information, a consumer that is is more educated. Yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, uh, conscious, consumer, conscious, a conscious consumer. consumer, and I think that's happening. Yeah, a conscious yeah. consumer. I think that's that's very important because if we have more conscious consumers, uh, what is going to happen is they're going to demand more, more quality more um, sustainability, more fair trade. So if that happened, uh, what I what I what I imagine, my, my picture in my mind will be a direct trade market. You know, uh, I, I imagine a, a huge um, you know website or a portal where where farmers were allowed to trade directly their coffees with roasters, mm. you know? Uh, where you and you can buy it directly from from them. You can, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Select a bunch of coffees, and you know, do you have no idea what that could change uh, the life of a producer? And uh, without a doubt, um, will help. Us, will give a lot of help to a to a roaster because when what I think that happened is that. A roaster is buying these and these, and maybe they're looking for this coffee. And if they sometimes get they get lucky, but then they buy again a coffee, and this time is is not as good as last time. But if, if the roaster is allowed to to cut that change and go directly to the to the guys or to the farmers that are growing that coffee, they both are gonna have a lot of feedbacks and um, mm-hmm. and grow like a kind of partnership where where the, the roaster can tell to the grower, I want something like this, and the farmer could understand and make it that way. And um, 
and it's going to be a beneficial for both. That's that's something I, I, I picture in my mind and I think that could, uh, you know, help a lot, a lot the, the industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that was beautiful. I think that's that was really well said. Um, because we know that there is a lot of, of poverty in the industry, in the coffee industry, and there is, um, we, we as consumers uh, and consumer countries, we have to reconcile or reckon with the, the fact that coffee um, is not, it, it's, coffee is based off of a market that isn't equal, right? There's a lot of inequality in coffee and it goes way, way back in history. And we're still trying to right that wrong. I think making changes like direct trade is a, is a fantastic start um, and creating more demand for, for quality in coffee so that people understand that, you know, a dollar, even a dollar fifty per pound is not it, that is so undervalued for what coffee really is. All of the work and blood and sweat and time and risk that goes into coffee. Um, it's, it's not, it's worth so much more money than that and more, much more attention as well. Totally, totally agree. Like it's like creating a, 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 a more fair market, I would say. And, and that's, and we've already like, uh, leave it, feel it, we've seen the change of many lives because we also have uh, some partners that, that, that we, we make it possible to, for them to be a direct trade. And what my brother was saying, like seeing the change that, uh, and I know that this would sound, I don't know if it would sound very bad, but just pennies to say it's some weight for a farmer in Colombia, it's a huge change. Yeah. And make it possible to tell them, like, look, your coffee is being roasted by these roasters in the U.S. They find out this because it's not only the monetary part, but it's also the, like the They knowing that they are doing their coffee for something bigger. Yeah. And they seeing their coffee in the U.S. or in any part in the world, that's that's a huge change for them and for us. You know, like it's, it's, it's making it a, a fair market. As you were saying. I think so, too. I think that you guys uh, can use the, um, how should I say this, the relationships that, that you develop with um, consumer markets, I think that uh, that is a great way for both parties, for both businesses to market themselves. Whereas you'll see a lot of American coffee companies, you know, use their relationships with people at origin as a positive right as a reason to buy the coffee because look we have a direct trade relationship with the human beings that poured all of this work into this coffee um that makes it more valuable but i also think that that could be the same for you guys because you like you were saying like you're you know that your coffee is being roasted by all these you know different companies in consumer markets you can say you know yeah, look, the more interaction, the more direct relationships that we have together, the better that we both end up being because we have more people putting eyes on our work, whether it's your work at Origin or our work roasting the coffee. We all are lifted up by these relationships. Do you agree or do you see that? How do you, how do you think about that? 
Yeah, totally, totally. I think that the the the, the, the one of the biggest things that we want to do with with uh, with our in this industry and with our coffees and with the people in Colombia because is to to make it. Uh, yeah, it's to connect. It's basically to connect. We want to be able to connect like not only our farm, as I was telling you, but the farm of all the people that we grew grew up with them. Because with the with the kids that I grew up next to me, now they are handling the farms or their fathers or of their uncles, of their grandparents. And being able to, to do that connection between a farm and a roaster, that's just amazing. And it's something that we want everybody to be able to do here in Colombia. It's obviously a very big goal, but we're always working for it because uh, that, that that's like the, that's like our goal, like to be able to connect everybody through coffee. Obviously. Kevin, did you have something to say? You put it uh, on you. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say um, we've we've talked a lot about uh, connection and things like that, um, and I, you know it's really awesome to hear you guys talk about your friends who grew up and now they're running the you know the farms for their uncles and their parents and stuff. It seems like there's a really great community down there. I was wondering if uh, you guys had like maybe just like a favorite memory that pops up in your head associated with your farm or like an interaction that you've had with one of your close like community members or friends or family members? Yeah, I, w I would like to share something with you guys. So there's something that is very, it's very unique, I will say here in Colombia about growing coffee. So everybody here has an uncle, the, the mother, the aunts that is involved with coffee, you know? You go to a meeting and you say, what are you doing, Shadi? Elias, no, now we are growing coffee. Oh, really? I have an uncle that grow coffee and blah, 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 you know? So uh, there, were, there was one, one time that we, we were going to a farm uh, in a region. It's beautiful. It's, um, it's very close to a snowy mountain. Uh, that is a um, snowy mountain of Tolima. Uh, and the town, the name of the town is Santa Isabel. Uh, they were expecting us like three different families. Uh, we, we, at, the, at the beginning, we don't, don't know them. And then we arrived there in the car and they were expecting us because the people say, no, uh, these, these two young guys are gonna buy their coffees and blah, 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 blah. And so we arrived there. It was so far. Uh, we have to leave the car in a, in, a, in a place after like two hours of road. Uh, of course, uh, the road has no. Uh, yeah, it no, was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, but yeah, yeah, we arrive over there, and then we 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 go on a horse, and we were in the horse like an hour, and then we arrive to the farm. So when we arrive over there, uh, so we started talking with people. They were really excited and everything, but uh, this was like four years ago. Uh, and when we started talking with them, we, we were beginning on, on all this, uh, you know, buying coffee from other farms and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what we find, and that's one of the things that, you know, give us a lot of love for what we are doing, is that it was not just because of money, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. People is not growing coffee just because of money. There was like a kind of competition between all of them, you know? to show that the coffee of, uh, of each of one was better. So mm. when we uh, get close to, to the woman and we say, okay, Aurora, 
uh, let, let me let me see your coffee. They have never tried their coffee. Never. They grow coffee all their life, but they don't have the option to, to cut the coffee, to mill so, it, to roast nothing. it. Nothing. So we, we bring yeah. a little machine, uh, an Ikawa, and we roast the coffee and blah, blah, blah. And they were just so happy because they never in their lives tried, actually tried the coffee that they have been growing. And uh, we, we, we start teaching them or, or, or sharing or, or the knowledge that, that we have about about the coffee and all of this. And what was very fun is that we realized that they compete between each between between everybody to, to have a better coffee. So they show, okay, look this and, and, and I ask her, like how do you do you make this this so amazing coffee? So they have no idea about the specialty market, the roaster. They have no idea of, of, of nothing. <laughs> they just make it. They just make it because they 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 love coffee. Is the the way they they have to to live, and um, you have no idea how that coffee tastes. Was just amazing, amazing. Wow. And it was not a, a special variety. Was was just an, a regular coffee. Uh, it was like very a, a lot of dedication. I would yeah, say a lot they of were mm-hmm. like trying to make every single thing they were able to do. They take make it like very clean, like very perfect. You you see the the, the beans and they were like perfect jewels. Like we yeah. we didn't find defects. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, they take all the afternoons. The mother, the the son, the sister, the daughters, and they clean the coffee. Selecting they. It. They clean the coffee because it's something that they are very proud of, you know, mm-hmm. show the people that their coffee, they would, the, that's yeah, they that their coffee is better than the coffee of, of others. And and now that we have been in this journey for more time, everybody is like that. It's, it's, it's the wow. way Colombians grow and process the coffee. It's a lot of love behind uh, and the, the, the market is still paying the same. But but for them, between all the neighbors, is like a kind of competition. Who has the best cup? <laughs> so there's this there's this competition. There's community, um, right? You're meeting people. You get to go on adventures and really explore. I mean, your country is beautiful, by the way. And you must. I mean, even just looking out behind you is just like it's just incredible. Um, and I. I think there's there has got to be some really really sweet perks to to doing what you guys do, and I I think that's wonderful. Um, Kevin, did you have any other like coffee or industry related questions? I do have a question for them about music, but because we love music on this podcast, and we love to just get a, an idea of what our guests are listening to. Um, but Kevin, did you have anything coffee related before we jumped into that? No, I just had a, like a, a couple of like really nice personal questions. Uh, that's it, man. That's like I, f- I feel like we've covered the guava banana. We've had a really nice introduction. It was really great to hear, uh, you know, your story about like the friendly competition that happens down there. And then also hear like, you know, your perspective on where your passion from for coffee comes from and how that's mm. helped to grow your estate, you know, Um but I really, from this point forward, I just had some fun questions. What do you what, you want to ask? Uh, what's what's their jam, Matt? Totally. Is that yeah. where you're at? That's where I'm yeah. at. Uh, so you guys, we we always ask people, "What's your jam?" Jam means like a specific like band or like song or album that you're really really into right now. No wrong answers. 
like like uh, current music or it doesn't matter whatever you like to listen to I I love to I like the, the Beatles or from Colombia we listen a lot of Vallenato I don't know if you know that type of music no tell us about that yeah what's Vallenato oh so Vallenato yeah. is like a very traditional coast related music Oh. It's. I think it expresses like the like the Colombian culture. It's very happy, very emotional, a very yeah Colombian related. <laughs> I would say it's, you, we will send you a link so you can hear it and you you'll know it just by hearing the music. We will send that. There's a lot of a couple of of um, you know bands like Diomedes Diaz. Uh, We will send that to you guys. Yeah, yes. yeah, but it's from Colombia. That's like our favorite mu uh, music because it's just so happy. It's just okay. so happy. It's culture related. You listen it. You listen to it, and you just you're, you're just like happy listening to it. It's mm. it's beautiful. Bajianato, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, Kevin listens to a lot of uh, multicultural music. Kevin, you listen mm -hmm. to a lot of French hip hop. I know you listen to some. <laughs> you Dude, listen I'm, all, I'm all over the place. Yeah. yeah, you're all over the world. You're global. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if if I was gonna like if if I was gonna say anything that I listen to that's like Spanish driven, like uh, that anybody in Colombia might know. Do you guys know like uh, Calle Trece? Of course. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Calle Trece. His like his song like when you said Baginato and you said like. It, it's like very happy music. It made me think of that song that Calle Trece has, uh, Jirafa, La Jirafa. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, like yeah, super yeah, tropical, that. very laid back, like really, like just a great song to like relax and be happy to. That's awesome. Yeah. So that'll be my jam this week then. Oh, that's <laughs> your jam? Um, what oh, do you got, Matt? What are you listening to? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, let's see. Well, I'm still jamming on Loverboy, believe it or not. Mm. Loverboy um, by you our guys, friend. We have, we have a friend uh, who we just interviewed last week for the podcast. He has a new album out called Loverboy, um, and it's like hip-hop. I don't know. Do you guys like hip-hop? Yeah. Yeah. We'll send that to you. Yeah. yeah because be it's cool. really good. Matt, you have to send us that. I will. I will. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop one more for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, Kevin. I'm back on Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, I love Phoebe Bridgers. I'm yeah, back. Very yeah, very good. We, 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 uh, Phoebe Bridgers is um, kind of a folk. Um, she's like a folk rock artist. Um, mm -hmm. And she just came out with a record this year, or actually last year now, called Punisher. And it's mm -hmm. just fantastic. She has a beautiful voice. Um, really also very emotional. Uh But no, doesn't it doesn't make you happy <laughs> in the no. way that uh, in the way that um, Bajinato it does not make you happy the way Bajinato makes you, uh, but it's still very excellent. Uh, are you guys? Do you guys listen to music while you're like walking around the farm or, or doing work? Or what about like your um, uh, what about your laborers? Do they listen to music while they work? No, we just listen to music when we're roasting. Uh, oh, cool. When you're in the farm, you're no. It's a lot of work, you know. You have to be walking and this and that, and then yeah. moving coffees here. We just I just listen to when we are roasting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to spend a lot of time in the lab doing quality control, checking this, checking that. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's awesome. Um, Kevin, you had a couple of fun questions. Yeah, I just wanted to know, like, like, what do you guys? um, Obviously, you know, you you've grown up on this farm. You you run El Virgel. What do you guys do for like for fun, like in your free time? Uh, that's a good, good question. So <laughs> nowadays, uh, in the last, in the last, um, the last few years, uh, so we usually, uh, me and my brother, we play football. Uh, I think we we used to do, but we haven't got time that in the last few years. Is we we used to. Um, how do you say this is like we we, we do guns or to the to plates? Oh, yeah, Skeet. yeah. Skeet shooting. That's you what shoot, we call. You shoot pigeon clay pigeons. Uh, how, how is the? What's the name? Uh, uh, it, skeet. It's skeet shooting. S K E E T. Skeet shooting, which yeah, is uh, skeet shooting. That's a strange phrase, even in English. <laughs> so we do skip shooting. Uh, but last, I think last year we, we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, uh, take time to, to do it. Um, mm. but yeah, we, we love to do that, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very fun. Yeah. I'm pretty, is it like relaxing? Oh, that, that's so relaxing, you know, going and <laughs> that's amazing. It's relaxing when you're able to shoot the target. If not, it's not relaxing at all. <laughs> Yep. How I I wanted to just quickly I didn't want to like touch on this for too long, but uh, how how did the pandemic affect you guys in terms of being able to go out and do social things? Were you guys locked down at all, or what was that like? Yeah, I was I was really tough at the beginning. You know, when uh, everything started closed everything like for five or six months, it was a completely sh- lockdown. Uh, it was so difficult at the beginning that it took. You know, nobody has an idea what, what to do. So Colombia shut down everything, and uh, we lost a lot of production uh, at the farm. Actually, yeah. because they closed everything in May, no, in uh, Mar- March, in March, and we have one, our, year, ago. one year ago, and we have our harvest in April. So we lose a lot of cherry. Then in Colombia, changed the regulations, and they allowed us to to the farms to work. To you know, to everything. transit and to, to with the special permissions. Yeah, but yeah, it was so difficult at the beginning. Mm. Um, mm. We 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 stay at the farm. We, we, staying at the farm was so when they closed everything, we were in Bogota, the capital. So mm. we we couldn't came to the farm. We were just locked down over there. What? And uh, there was a lot of issues. It was very difficult at the beginning. Uh, nowadays. For us, things are better. We are living here with the, with everybody, with our families. With the, uh, so it's, it's it's easier that being in the cities in this of restrictions, still a lot of restrictions. You don't can go out. You can't go out. Blah blah blah. blah. It has been a, It was. It has been tough. But the good the the positive thing that I, I think is that we we have been much more time here. Uh, learning things, having time to develop these kind of guava banana, these kind of things. So uh, we 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 have to see the good things about it. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, you know, we got lucky too. If it wasn't for the pandemic and having to be sh- locked down, uh, Kevin and I probably wouldn't have created this podcast, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't have 
you know, really taking a risk with the Upstate Coffee Collective and, you know, really developed it into what it is today. Um, you know, I think it was hard for everybody to to have to go through what we've been going through and continue to go through for the last year. But I think mm-hmm. that I, I have heard a lot of stories of people who started stuff that they probably would not have started if it weren't for the pandemic. So I think that's yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah, for us, it was also very good, like just to sit down, uh, think about new things for the farm, not only for the processing part, but for the environmental part. Like, what can we do better being here all the time? Like, okay, we can uh, use less of these, use more of these, make everything more product- productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it has obviously very bad things, the pandemic, but also very good things like your podcast too, like, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. being able to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we can all say we're pretty lucky, you know, that we, we things turned out good for us even when things didn't, turn out so good for everybody else in the world you know i think we can be grateful yeah um i i was wondering uh elias and uh shadi what uh what are you guys looking forward to the most uh like in the coming year um so what i think is is very important um i think in this year for us and that we want to share with with everybody that is listening the podcast uh we to show uh, three new farms we are working with that are amazing farms uh, in different regions and um, what we want to do this year is to try to grow not just with Albert Hill State with our farm uh, we want as I said at the beginning we want to to, to be able to put more farms um, in, in hands of roasters mm-hmm. so to be able to to, to share their coffees with with the people because there's mm-hmm. so Colombia has coffee everywhere uh, everywhere yeah I think there's if I'm not wrong there's like uh, thirteen different uh, regions, or regions that grow coffee and um, thermical uh, I, uh, like thousands of different so and, and people has in their minds that Colombia has just one profile but it, that's not true there's a lot of different profiles here so mm-hmm. what we want to do is bring more farms to work with us and show the to the to the people so now we have three farms in mm-hmm. different regions that uh, we're bringing to the state and, uh, we would love to to share that coffees with people to for them to know them and see the the different possibilities that, that our country um, has. Well, we love that, and we're gonna spend the next couple of months doing nothing but talking about your coffee and the work that you guys are doing and the effort that you're putting in, and we'll be drinking that coffee the whole time. <laughs> oh yes, I cannot wait. We're going to cup the coffee on Tuesday next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, co- we're we're going to meet Ron and we're going to cup the coffee on Tuesday and we're then we're going to interview Ron on the podcast and we're, so we're going to have this podcast with you guys and the podcast with Ron as um, uh, exclusive content for people who buy this coffee package is like a really special connection point all the way through the supply chain. I'm really happy for, for you know, have the, the opportunity to have this space uh, for connecting us with, with the people. So you have to send us that link. We want to we wanna yeah, hear that yeah. this in the podcast with, 
with Ron. Oh, definitely. I know he's going to do an amazing job with that copy. Mm. Yeah, we're excited about it. I got. I, I have one last question for you guys. This might be a little unfair. I know you're always drinking coffee. You're trying coffee all the time. Is there any coffee right now that's like your favorite coffee of the moment? Like right now? Uh, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going, it's difficult. Yeah, there's so I'm, many. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with two. I'm a guy of washed coffees. Okay. Uh, my brother is more into naturals. Uh, I will go with uh, one is a black condor that we got right now. And the other one is a geisha mm. that we cup from a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's two that I I will go with. Wow. Okay. And for myself, and it's not because we're talking about it, but my favorite coffee, it's the one that is more intense flavor because I'm very into naturals. I just love that type of coffees. Mm. Uh, so the guava for me, it's just so good. Uh, we were just trying it and it was an explosion of flavors. So yes. the guava is like always in my five. And the other one, it would be, we, we developed like a Java. I don't, we have Java variety in the farm and it's it's just like like drinking type of milk. I, I don't know if that sounds good, but it's mm. crazy. It's like an experiment, coffee. Wow. Uh, yeah, yes, that one are, are my two because I'm very into naturals. I like, like very intense coffee. Mm. I, that's how I am too. I, I, tr- it's hard. We try a lot of different coffees, fr- uh, roasted, yeah, roasted locally. We get sent coffees all the time, so we're constantly mm-hmm. trying new stuff. I always lean towards naturals. I love that that explosive, you know, pungent, sometimes a little bit mm-hmm. fermenty, funky kind of a flavor in a coffee. The the funkier the better, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I'm like, we're drinking and copying and everybody's like, oh, that, that might be a defect. And I'm like, it's the one that I like the most. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> this, is, this is my coffee. I love yes. that defect. I'm with you. Yeah, no, yeah. I actually, people will be like, is that defective? I'll be like, no, it's just funky. I you do that it. with a, you, some people will, some people will uh, taste like a hay note in a coffee, which is usually um, a sign mm-hmm. of a defect. And sometimes, Kevin, you say you actually like those flavors, right? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. For I sure. It. I love it. Well, g- well mm-hmm. guys, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy people. Thank you. uh, we appreciate you. We love what you do. We respect what you do. And we wish you all the best with Elvergal and all the other farms that you're working with, the other two, I guess. And, you know, the Colombian Coffee Club, just everything you guys are working on, we, uh, we see nothing but success in your future and we can't wait to continue to buy more coffee from you and continue mm-hmm. to see your story evolve so thank you yes Matt you know uh, thank you thank you very much you know for inviting us I think it has been uh, amazing Kevin uh, we would love to share more information in the future about what we gonna be doing and and yeah, yeah, you know, uh, this this kind of thing is what I think is going to give value. It's going to uh, improve all the chain and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, allow people to, to drink more and better coffee. Yeah, these type of spaces are just like amazing, you know, amazing mm-hmm. for people to know uh, where the coffee is coming, how it's processed, all the work behind 
and the, the, the work that you're doing uh, to, to, to showcast this for everybody and roast it uh, is just so thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you, Kevin. Matt thank Kevin. you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys have an awesome night. Uh, what are you guys up to tonight?